0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: I need this one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things. His son did pure, like a cup of virgin blood, Mix with 151, one sip, will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm going to this hood politics acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One knee, out. Up. Could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cop shot again. Bust stop glass burst. A thug drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rat to the death of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Look, rats, don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon. sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, street sweepers and cops. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, we're not. This is what time's about, niggas, it's time to stand. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic.
2: All I need is one mic. All powers to oppress people. African power to an African people. And black power to black people. It's your brother, National Chairman, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, Yang and Kuma. Coming to you again on another Tuesday was, and it is always, like I say, it is always a pleasure to be able to rap to the brothers and sisters, to be able to exchange ideas, to share opinions, to even be able to um, agreeably debate. Or sometimes they get passionate, you know, but to be able to... Understand that we are not a monolithic people, that we share different thoughts and view patterns. Like I always say, this is your stand. This is the people's this Black Talk blog video. This is a party of the people. It's good to be coming to you Tuesday. Unfortunately, I was traveling last Tuesday, so it didn't give me an opportunity to have the show. And so we come to you today on this Tuesday, which happens to be what? Halloween. Man, for a person who doesn't practice, can there be a more uh, nerve-grating holiday with people banging on your door all night? That, it has to be, man, it is crazy. But anyway, it it began to send me to thinking, you know, um, about us who have these so-called holidays and don't allow our children to participate in them. And why that is, and a lot of it is based off our religious beliefs and our spiritual beliefs, you know, tied to, especially as African people, you know, some of it is tied to higher things, those of us who say that we um, ascribe to the form of consciousness. That's what we've looked at, the conscious community. So for the sake of, you know, having something to call it, let's say consciousness, who have ascribed to that consciousness, we um don't participate in a lot of the frivolous holidays, all of them really are, but really the and especially the ones tied to um avert or blatant demonology spirit whatever you want to call it spirit other side of calling it but so do we even us those of us that say we have evolved in advance and really don't get into that stuff? Have we really, because those are some of the reasons we stay away from it, so is there a role of really religion and spiritualism in the movement? You know, have we began to um, follow other revel? I understand the whole, you know, especially um, coming from my brothers and sisters that are communists, the whole atheist thought. I can appreciate how that was a factor in, you know, uh, marches and Engels' whole theory. I can appreciate that, coming from their perspective, coming from European historical material dialectics, culture, social conditions, um, you know, all of that stuff, from a European standpoint and a European mind. But us, we embrace religion differently, and we had a lot of our African overtures, our undertures. You know, we brought our Africanness with us. That's what we do. And I think one of the things that amazes me is when we look at and we look at this age of information of social media and, you know, just everything is at the push of a button. Whatever information you want is at the push of a button. And so us being a people that haven't really had, uh, historically had a center, had a base of operation, have never clearly defied what, This phenomena called the black man And the black woman in America really is It's African in America Some say Moors, some say Hebrews I mean that there in itself Is proof that we haven't Clearly defined what base That we're operating in And so like Every other religion We began to adapt um, Since we had all of this information At our exposure At our disposal At the push of a button we did what we did when we became Christian and forgot all, you know, we just were wholeheartedly Christian. We emulated the European in all his mannerisms, all his ways, you know. Uh, we began to emulate the Muslims and became more Arab. So now even with this influx of information with the what we call the ATR, the African traditional religion, we have become so not just African but a specific type of African from a you know, we've we've gotten specifics. We got these religions that just come out and totally like you know, forget the whole African experience here in America. We totally forget. I think that one of the things that I love about the People's Black Panther Party for self determination. In this form of it, like I say, we don't, you know, everybody that comes out and says, the original, we're the original. You know, we're, we're following in the footsteps of the original. And that's great. But they should be that, in the footsteps. You know, that means that they made a path. Their footsteps continue. And then when their footsteps are announced, you got to begin to trailblaze. You have to begin to lay footsteps for the next generation to come come around. So one of the things I think that, and I appreciate them for especially. Defense Minister Huey P. Newton's revolutionary thought and the way that he, you know, really broke it down and made it applicable. He showed us community he showed us communalism, them, the Panthers, all not just him, all the Panthers showed us communalism in its finest form. You know what I'm saying? Self empowerment devoid of overt or blatant or upfront religious ties. So, you know, he showed us that brand. And we also see that, you know, in in my opinion, that accepting completely that, that European doctrine of, you know, no spiritual connection, no real, you know, just taking that European way, just, you know, us, just the grits, and not really that connection to ancestors, that innate in African people, I think, contribute to a lot of the things. Amongst other things, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's the only thing. We know that we were targeted. But I think all of that played a role. We can go back and study revolutions and study, you know, revolutions. Revolutions international. The main one that comes to mind, and I think that is every revolutionary's favorite example of that: the blend of and the balance of spiritual power, healthy spiritual understanding, and revolutionary tactics and actions is Haiti and their independence when they won their independence. Now how they govern as a whole other thing, but. The the fight for that You know I think we begin to see that So that's a I like to use that balance So in saying that One of the things we do understand though Is Having that centered base They were all You know brought together Different tribes Different people They were brought there Under some same conditions But having that centered base Understanding that our (laughs) Suffrage Excuse me That our suffrage and our suffering is a shared suffering. This is the commonality. And then you have from that even the Haitian Voodoo being born from the, you know, a lot of the, the Catholic things that they were putting on them. Um, religion or the oppressor, but never stomping out or destroying that African spirit, the introduction of new deities, if you, you know, if that's a, a word you're comfortable with using, God's whatever energy you know, an introduction to new and uh, to new that because of these different tribes are coming together, not a stomping out of, but a welcoming too. You know, hey, we oppressed. The more the merrier. Okay, where you say his name was? He sound pretty cool. Yeah. So it's the same I say with our experience here in America, our American experience with the various religions we came to. Now, I, you know, because my understanding of African people is just, like I said, we embrace a very spiritual. We, I mean, we embrace it. We bite down with everything we have and lock on. So it's the spiritualism. And my thing, my whole thing, and has always been to disrespect, I understand Christianity from the technical standpoint. No, I'm not a Christian. No, I don't subscribe to Christendom. Ask my personal belief. Theologically, philosophically, uh, socially, what I've seen of it, I don't really believe it works for the masses of people, personal belief. How does it work for that individual? I can't speak to that. See, that's the whole difference to that. When you're looking at Christianity as a social phenomenon, you're asking me as a social scientist, revolutionary, no, for the masses of people, no. When you're asking as a black man who has seen the ashe, the power of that work for certain people, and that that energy is connected to certain people. You know, my fear of talking about that is, you know, the riding down the community, I'll be grading, I'll downloading experience to the molding of it, the pushing of a certain energy. My ancestry, that big mama that died with a Christian understanding. It didn't change your heart, nor did it change our intentions. Nor love people. Action showed more than a lot of people Who talk has these big Bates all day Big mama there with her Bible humming mm, Has done more to service the community And feed her way to heaven Than these Negroes Breaking high So it's a real part Of the African experience So this is why in the People's Black Panther Party We have that, that We respect, we have an honor for A reverence of black liberation Theology because that's the part that we take from that. We take to, you know, knock Christianity is to knock the motivating force of Nat Turner. So you can't revive history, that's to knock the motivating force. Of Nat Turner. He said he saw white angels and black angels wrestling or fighting in the sky. But all due to his interpretation and understanding of that scripture, it was the I say it was the power in that scripture and the mindset that he read it from. He read Freedom for His People. He saw Black Liberation Theology. He saw empowerment for his people. He saw Jerusalem for his people. <laughs> So it wasn't so to knock that whole thing would be to knock a part of him. As much as we love Malcolm, and and a lot of us won't want to admit this, but to knock that black Muslim movement is to knock a very big segment of Malcolm X. I love Brother Malcolm. You want to quote Brother Malcolm and be knocking the very segments that went into developing these great minds, these concepts, and these thoughts. Nobody's asking us to believe in a particular you know, particular religion or specific religion. We don't even have to think that it's cool. But the acceptance of the energies that go into those things from our people, I think that, especially when you talk about ancestors and acknowledging that ancestors go a long way in building, building functioning communities, that to knock these various ways would be to knock ancestors. That's my time. This is People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Independence Black Talk Radio, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, you you can have your opinion on it. It's that might be that might be radical. Real radical. You got some people that can't not equate Islam to the Arab or Christian to the white man. They say, "Man, look, it's synonymous. It's one and the same. It's a different name. It's a code word for those ethnicities." And they can't separate. I'm just one of those people who, and according to, and from the way I understand the policy of our manual, our respect for black liberation theology, believe that these um, religions, though they may have been oppressive, they may have been however we received them. I'm not talking about how we received them who imposed them on us and how and what they did to, I'm not speaking about that. I'm talking about regardless of what they were, went into what makes up and contributes the so-called black man, a black woman, African man, African woman here in America. That's the point I'm making. And I think that a reverence should be, I mean, at least a certain reverence should be had for it. It's who we are. Yes.
3: This is uh, Dr. Justice, National Minister of Law and Justice for the People's Black Panther Party. Uh, I'd like to say, uh, for one thing, religion has been the number one thing that has divided us as a people here in America. Um, I forget who said it, but they were like, uh, if you want to see racism, wait until Sunday between 11 and 12 o'clock, and you'll see how everybody goes to their different places of worship, even if they believe the same thing. The whites go where they go. The blacks go where they go. The Asians go where they go. But the fact of the matter is that among us, as uh, in the movement, I think that has a very, very big. It plays a very big part in the reason why we can't come together. I think uh, we had one brother at one point wanted to get rid of a sister who was an officer because she w- wasn't married and she had was dealing with a, with somebody. Else. And I and I think it was you that had to tell him. Well, uh, we are we not the moral police. But 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 because of his religion and his religious views, you know, um, we folks really get into those types of things. And and I think this is worth having a conversation about because it is it is very divisive when it comes to us as a people. Black power to all my brothers and sisters out there. Black power to you, um, brother brother national. And um, with that, I'm going to um, I'm going to close that close out. Black power.
2: Black power. I appreciate that. And I, and I agree. I do remember that incident. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was ridiculous. You know, but what I'm saying is definitely not, we don't use religion to govern our party. You know, I'm not one who um, believes in a, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not one who, Believes in a theocracy I don't think that the government Should be governed by any particular religion You know But I am one who believes In the personal freedoms of religion And I don't think that a person's religion Should constitute uh, Their level of Their level of blackness You know I believe in black liberation theology I believe I have seen too many times Where that has served as a motivation And an inspiration For them to do good it's their moral compass. You know, unfortunately, you know, that has, been, and here's the unfortunate truth. In that case, a lot of religions have kept us closer to um, an African moral standpoint than society has offered us. We find those who don't subscribe to any moral uh, integrity or anything like that that don't subscribe to any more moral integrity or something like that um, that they 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 behave like the savages, you know they begin to practice this neocolonialism and they behave like these savages, so yeah, it serves as a and one of the reasons that it serves as divisive amongst black people is they again to go into what I've always said when we go and do we go into it from a communal standpoint? Do we go into it with, for those of those uh, Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, one of the reoccurring themes in Golden Rule, Jesus said it, Muhammad said it, has been love thy neighbor like you love yourself, treat your neighbor like you treat yourself, and love God with all your heart. I mean, that has been the basic theme throughout all of that. So one of the reasons, if you keep that basic concept and get out of the neo-colonialist concept, see, we have to check our way of thinking. A lot of times we think it's the religion. Why do religions work for everybody else? Why do they work for everybody else? Because everyone else has put their best interest at the center of their religion. It's that simple. Their religion serves their purpose. Their Their social conditioning, it trains them you know, physically prepares them, it serves their purpose. We have found that until we start to regain our moral consciousness, you know, until we start to regain our common sense, our love for humanity, our human senses, you know, I don't knock, I can't knock those people who find their moral compass in a religion. And more so for me, speaking about, like I said, it goes to ancestral, because I have, through my bloodline, have had some ancestors that died uh, in the Christian tradition, and I thought they were the most wonderful people. I thought they were the most wonderful people and the most successful in what they had at that particular time. And with those particular resources to work with, they they performed miracles you know, all the while in believing what they believed and a lot of times calling on the names that they called on. So if my shrine, if I have an ancestral shrine with a Bible on it, I don't want to hear about it because it's not representing what you think it represents. It speaks to a whole different consciousness, a whole different vibration. And I think that once we as an African people tune into that, begin to understand, we begin to remember what the fight and the struggle is for. You know, our spiritualism is tied to our continuances, through can tie to our ancestors, which uh, only naturally make you tied to the future generations, our successors, we, are our ancestors and our successors, those that will inherit from us. You know, so I know a lot of people do. You know, so but like I said, the, the floor is open for that. A lot of people feel like, and I like what Minister Justice was saying, that it has served to be a tool of divisiveness, that they can't see what any good it has done us. But I even go back, you know, like I said, I'm one of those people that do. I believe in that that principle um, where we say, I believe it's number two, and correct me if I'm wrong, Minister, but number two, where it says that we believe in the black liberation theology. We believe in the principles of Maya. We believe in these things. And when we say believe, not so much believe in that system, As working for us, that's not what it's all about. But we believe that people have the rights. So we honor, we respect that. We respect your Christmas. We respect your, you know. All the while trying to evolve it into a communal understanding. An empowering understanding. It's not to come to change your life, to shake you up, to, uh, we're not trying to frighten you. And so, you know, I don't believe in the fear tactics. I don't believe in scaring anyone into their into survival mode. I I can't stand to be around jumpy people. I don't like scary people. Too jumpy for me. I'm like, man, if you don't calm down, you know. So we're not, you know, my goal is not to scare you into a survival mode, but it's more it's more like being aware. So I'm not going to try to shake you from your faith or shake you from your spiritual belief. I'm saying that as an African people, we see in all the um, nations where they have done, especially those nations that have unfortunately been colonized or slavery has been introduced into the population, the society of those particular nations. We see that where the slave people have come together, have embraced the whole Concept of not just their new surroundings But their new social and cultural Environment, the new conditionings The new people that they're meeting The new ways that they're being taught With maintaining and extracting from that their own personal Cultural identity and we have To Don't get it twisted The black man and black woman in America Is one of the most unique Creatures We possess a certain uh, podass. We have that thing, that certain thing about us. So we possess that. We haven't embraced it. Like for whatever reason, we get into wanting to annihilate it. So we begin to destroy the so-called spiritual systems and institutions and structures that aided in our advancement and in our fight for little. And it's hard for me to digest that because what we have done, regardless of what we say we've done or not, we've just traded one religion for another. And now the religion that we're embracing, especially amongst more of the African traditional religions, and I know they're not going to like this, but yo, I got to say it. It's just enriching other people's pockets. We're still Haven't found that thing that empowers us as an African people in America. And I don't think it's about looking far. I think it's about looking right where you are underneath your nose. Embracing your heritage. Embracing those things. And if religions were replaced, I'd like to know, for a lot of our, our social scientists out here, what would you what would you use as a moral compass, a moral code? I would like to see people say, you know, who say, you know what, we need to do away with religion. What would you use as a moral compass and moral code? And I don't care how philosophical it is, how scientific it is, I guarantee you it's religion. It's thought modification. <laughs> it's religion. It's laws, it's property, it's a science. Religion is a science. Science is a science. You would be replacing Marx when he came with his communism, he came with religion. He came with religion. The basis of the whole, I'm reading this excellent book, and it talks about that, worldviews, And that's exactly what he says. It says the basis of the whole theory, atheist theory and everything, is founded and based off of religion. In order to have the opposite of, you had to have the original. In order to have a counter, there's something that it has to be countering, and your counter, you can only counter according to the attack you're given, so you know you it's religious- based. So I would like to know what you know what system would our people use is more conscious. Are, are we humanists? I mean, are naturally are we humanists? Are we just predisposed to do good to humanity, devoid of religion, devoid of social, even like what the anarchists say, devoid of social order? You know, our religion, the way that we took the religions and spiritualism, you know, didn't reflect their Christianity burned cross in your yards. Our Christianity was more loving and forgiving. So, so it addressed what it needed at those times. You know, it addressed what it needed at those times. And that's what I think that that's what we're looking at. That we have to do when we talk about religion and spiritualism in the movement. Are we scared to? Are we scared to make a living?
3: Well, brother chairman, I can also um, interject for a moment. Um, <clears throat> I think because we're living in an a information age. I remember uh, uh, some individuals that I knew, they were uh, Jews, Orthodox Jews. One was Orthodox, and, and, well, his parents were Orthodox. And he always bucked the system, bucked the system of, 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 of their Orthodox, their traditions, and whatnot. But the bottom line was, he's still the basic tenet of them being the chosen people. He beamed with joy when, when, when he thought about that aspect of it. But my point being that he did not agree with, I think with, with, with more, <clears throat> with more information <clears throat> comes a lot more, um, uh, controversy when it comes to how a thing should be, uh, implemented. And, uh, a lot of that uh, plays into why there's a big falling away from, from, um, from from uh, uh, theology, black uh, black religion, uh, the churches, not the, the churches are not full as they used to be, you know, because again we live yeah. in an information yeah. age, and regardless as to yeah. how a person processes that information, they're processing it, and I and and I think they're moving more towards their Afro their Afro um centricity they're moving more towards that, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I I, I just do just certain things as a minister that I know that have to take black power.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, people want to be black power. People want to be action oriented. You know, now we can keep it real. I mean, the churches, the mosques all of them religious institutions ain't doing nothing. You know, people want religion to action. All of those have been just infiltrated. You know, and the people are ready for action. You know, that's the other side of religion, and that's what hurts us. We still trying to implement dead religions. And this life is moving. It's hustling. It's at a hustle and bustle. It's it's at a hustle and a bustle. And and, and and you know, so the old tactics aren't just gonna work. And I think that that's the the bottom line. We have to go back. Like we said, we got the three Ds, defy, develop, and defend. We have to go back and really honestly begin to defy some things. We need to attack it. We need to begin to organize and attack it on a blitz. I don't care. You and I have talked about this, this um, council or Congress or whatever, that we need to agree with across a revolutionary movement board, certain things that are defied. It is what it is that all of us are acknowledging and accepting that this definition is what it is of faith. You know, and when you start having those rules like that, you can apply that to any religion or whatever because it's applied to you if you're saying you participate in this movement. I don't think that we've made or held the movement sacred enough. It's become too... It's, that in itself should become... If we say religion is speaking in religion in the sense of a practice that is done routine and, routinely or repetitively, if we're looking at religion in that standpoint, then the movement to a degree must become a religion. And the spirituality must be based upon that, the advancement of that, the movement, the advancement, the empowerment of African people, That's the actual religion of the people. We get too caught up into the semantics, what we're calling ourselves, what religion is, with this and they and so-and-so gave you this, and Augustine gave you that, you know, all of that uh, intellectual masturbating, all of that stimulating stuff that sometimes is not even of practical use, arguments best suited for scholars. But if you don't see the works of those scholars in the everyday life, the applicable pl- life of the people, then it's for nothing. And I think that that's what this so-called information age has done to us and what has burnt us out on religion. What used to hold people to religion wasn't the intellectual articulation of a particular sermon by a particular pastor. It was a spirit moving through the people. You could feel the spirit. And we've been dumbed down by information. We've blocked off ourselves. From receiving From being Can do it From being open to certain Ancestral energies and spirits Because we began to Intellectualize the spiritual The revolution, the movement and everything And while we're busy intellectualizing it And debating on Facebook Things are getting out of hand 173 unarmed black people have been murdered this year While we're intellectualizing And debating but a religion, when you have a practice that is put it, that is repetitive and something that you do as a people in a community, then you, certain things don't happen like that in your community because it's action-based. You're moving as a community. And what makes it a religion? What makes it sacral, sacred? What makes it holy? What makes it precious? What makes it pure? Is it because it's dealing with you? You do. You do. The divisiveness, we're not, we can have divisiveness against, we shouldn't have, and we play that we evolve as a people to get past these petty differences based on insecurity, cultism, cliqueism, elitism, everything that would divide us as a people or us versus them mentality because we're so insecure and so self-conscious. That we want to create our own island and our own little code, our own little clique that we fit into, that we don't have to venture into the broader African world first nationally, then internationally, across the uh, diaspora, wherever you find us. So it's easy to divide in these little religions, but I even challenge you, and, and to get into your corners, but I even challenge the churches and the masjids and the synagogues who decide to do this. I lay out a challenge, and my challenge is this. Okay, don't you don't have to right away work with any people. Build your community. How about that? We ain't even got to talk about Unifying at this particular time I'm not saying that we have to sit across the table From one another and shake hands Exchange pleasantries I'm not saying that But I'm saying then Just do the work Come out of your churches and build the community That you belong to And I guarantee you, I promise you As many black churches and black uh, Mosques and synagogues that we have If every religious institution Does that, you would begin to see The change Right there. So I'm challenging us to get out of being so, like my mother used to say, with, um, so heavenly bound, you're no earthly good. Uh, and that's one of my favorite mother quotes. Don't be so heavenly bound, you're no earthly good. Love it. Love you, Mama. So when you, we, we're calling to one of the initiatives that we're launching, and I'm sending this out there to any people that want to participate. Headed up by one of the people heading it up is Minister Justice, who understands these things, who is a minister, is the Black Liberation Theology Society. We're calling and challenging black clergy and black religious leaders and priests and prophets, apostles, whatever you're calling saints grand poobah i don't care whatever you're calling yourself we're challenging you to get out of the um bs begin to make your black institution your spiritual advancement and involvement one of the masses the african people if you're appealing to black people if you're coming and i'm not even saying in the beginning every church I'm saying these job churches and these, you know, these places that call to black empowerment or resemble some black empowerment, but you don't, and they're in black communities, but you don't see the empowerment or the efforts towards empowerment or even working in collaboration or cooperation with people trying to um, put a program down. Challenge the black religious institutes. Remind them of the great minds and the great people that they produced that were birthed out of those unions of spiritualism and community, black suffrage, and black empowerment. Remind them of that union and what strong men and women it had birthed and what mighty advancements it had made for African people here in America. And I mind, and I warn us and I will remind us to be careful about what we shake off or the energies that we attack and the way that we attack these energies. They want to keep you divorced from your ancestry or they want you to have choppy timelines. They would love that you despise one and praise another over and this and that. I praise, I thank, I am so grateful for my African ancestry. I man, I am so thankful to be of African origin. I I am overjoyed. And I am thankful, though saddened, though saddened and and heartbroken over the myap for the transatlantic slave trade and the um, making free African men into slaves and niggerizing a mighty people. I'm saddened by that, but I am thankful that I have had ancestors that made it through that period, going through whatever they had to go through to get to this period and, and remain, and especially those that remain freedom fighters and believers in our freedom. And if their religion motivated them, if their belief in a particular energy, motivated them, then I thank that energy for them. And I'm one who will, if that's how they communicate yeah, I'll, I'll put a Bible on the, the um, ancestral shrine. You know, and why not? And why not? So... This is what I'm saying. So we have to begin to, like I was talking about the Black Liberation Theology Society, let us begin to challenge these institutions. You know, invite them out. Invite yourself. Go speak to the pastors. Hold them accountable. There's churches in your neighborhoods, in your community. See where they're at. And if they don't understand, then begin to be one that introduces them to Black Liberation Theology but first are the acceptance of um, a communal understanding and tolerance, interfaith tolerance. Like Minister Justice said, there's too much division amongst us based on religion. Based on religion, it's ridiculous. I mean, some of the Facebook posts I read, and you would think, I think that it really just serves as a distraction from the bigger picture of your existence and survival. That's what I honestly think it's about. I think it's easier to begin to focus on semantics and uh trivia things instead of addressing very major and real issues that affect us as a people. So we don't begin so it's you know, we can find these, like I said, these little clicks in these little corners. But the, right now, the biggest solution that we as a people have is African communalism, and that calls for the tolerance of other faiths, the tolerance of other faiths. I think there is room for religion and spirituality in the movement. I think it must be accepted if you're talking about accepting the people where they're at. You remember, we can get caught up into elitism. We begin can get, begin to judge society, the very people we say we're fighting for. You worship what? That's the wrong thought. Well, damn, I thought you was fighting for my freedom. So we have to be careful. So there is, in this movement, room. For tolerance. That's what I'm saying, for tolerance. Do I say, like you said, do I say that we govern our society according to? No, I don't believe that one religion should govern a society, but I believe that that religion can govern that individual. And you will know the effects of that religion, like they say a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. So if it's a fruit bearing tree, delicious fruits, healthy fruits, wonderful fruits, then you will see those things manifest themselves. So you have a common sense factor. But in our disregard for religion or in our ridiculing and believing religion, I, I question myself, what are we seeking? So I'm going to say the truth. What is that? What is the truth? Your truth is the truth, brother. You know the truth is the truth. And the truth, you know, some truths to some people are, you know, not my truth. That's socially, that's economically, how to spend money, how to eat. Your truth is not always my truth. So we have to be careful about imposing what we believe to be a certain truth and look at the benefit. We look at, um, like I said, the fruits. What has come, what has this individual produced or what have these people produced and contributed to society and to our development, our advancement. That's 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 my spiel, brothers and sisters. I think that there's room for it all to incorporate when we talk about a tomorrow for the African, for the evolved African here in America. I think that when we look at evolving, that all of these things have to be taken in consideration. It can't be a movement simply based on the hatred of any people nor the fear of annihilation of our people. And sometimes we have to get past the surviving and begin to look at thriving and addressing the spiritual system, the moral code, the ethics of a people generally. Accepted generally, and understanding and clear definition of that I think is necessary for the involvement of of those people. And isn't that what it's about, evolving from a state of dependency, poverty, being terrorized, exploited and oppressed, repressed? Isn't that what it's about? Don't we want to have to, to evolve from that? And that begins with us. And that begins with us. Self-determination, cool Ku be begins with us, and part and an aspect of that is to be able to defy yourself, to defy your existence. That's one of the baddest presents that our defense minister, Huey P. Newton of the Third Development, left us in his teachings was that we possessed the ability, not only a blueprint for it, I think the man was a brilliant um, theorist. The way that I just, you know, I read their writings, and it's just amazing the level of international understanding that they have with American politics and to put it on an international scale is just, man, it's mind-blowing that these young people thought about that. But And that's great. But the greatest thing that I think that he left For us as an example Was that we as a people Can practice a working Communalism We can become Self-sufficient and the programs That they had set in place um, Proved that And though they may Have been Atheists, a lot of them, agnostic The community That supported them Because they addressed the general needs A lot of them were not a lot of churches and religious institutes and things of that nature contributed to the success of a lot of the programs for the Third Development Black Panther Party of for self-defense. So it was an acceptance and a tolerance of the people. Understanding that all power belongs to the people, and the people being not a monolithic people, especially African people, being a people comprised of many understandings and philosophies and cultural habits. Understanding the power of that, but speaking to that one common thread that we all shared, and that being the thread of humanity. That being the understanding, the very necessity of food, clothing, shelter. Security, warmth, and sustenance. Understanding the very primal need for that and speaking to that. It wasn't about dissing their beliefs or nothing, but speaking to the need of that. And their beliefs spoke to the just, uh, the social morality or the social justice of that program. They would be like, what them boys be out if they just believed in God?" <laughs> you know. But their religions. Those big mothers, those people, that religions spoke to the very thing that you and I were doing. It spoke to a. uh, It it became sacred. Those programs because they became life affecting, so it was sacred. So they seen Jesus in that. They seen a in that. And that what they was like. Damn, this is what they always talk about: charity, doing for community. They actually saw that working. And when the government took over those social programs, the church no longer began, it it stopped being a community church. See, it didn't have that can do it. That's why I say you can't diss, it's not always advantageous to diss these religions because sometimes they're looking for that ties to the street to donate if their hearts and their intentions and their blackness is in the right place. So when they decimated, when they destroyed the Panther Program, these churches, these religious institutes, these people of high spiritual understanding, so to speak, didn't have a uh, place to do their community outreach. The church stopped being community, and the church started being about more about—not saying it didn't exist before, but more about the preaching. It began to reflect more of a—it uh, began to reflect its master. They began to take on capitalist overtures and shared a similarity and became a monster of the same type, a baby monster, a money gobbler, an exploiter, disconnected from the people and disconnected from the things that the people needed in the community. So I can understand why, especially those of us coming up and having this information, I've seen me living in the era and younger people. I don't blame younger people living in the era where they have seen the church be a joke. Its founding fathers and most outspoken proponents for these churches and institutions caught in the most shameful acts, terrible coming out to supposed to be men and women of God and being uh, caught in these acts. They've seen the degradation. Poverty, decay, rot, and filth in these areas, right around the areas of these so-called mega churches and see these transplants, these once every Sunday into the inner city, Negroes, You live out in the suburbs, see them come in and turn their noses up. So I can understand the disdain. I can understand that. But when that is taken away from you, because you're looking at that disdain and you understand the science is faulty. We're looking at, do you have something else that ties you to the moral code in ways of your ancestors? Because many of you, by us leaving and abandoning it, and these churches have become this way and we, just those religions don't have an anchor or a lifeline to your ancestors. And it shows. It shows in the, we look at our successes. I watch these videos of these young men. Listen to the lyrics of some of these young men. And you find yourself saying it. Like the old folks used to say it before you, quite possibly even about you, how ungodly. (laughs) You remember me? When they used to tell you, how ungodly. Now you find yourself saying the same thing. God damn. God damn, I can't believe it. No attachment to a ethic or a moral code. So until we replace that, you know, I listen. You have to have something that ties you. But we don't want anything that subjugates us. That's a very big difference. And that has been the biggest difference because the attack, one of the ways that they have attacked us was to beef up um, uh, tax exemptions and things for religion, to pacify the people, to have these religious institutes to make the people docile, that you go there on your particular holy days or days of worship, and you aggrieve in the temple you allow yourself to just huh, you have a breakdown in the temple and not really looking to any real social action so that that's the extent of they allow they allow your so-called religion to go but like the sister was talking about when we talk about the Jewish community when we talk about other communities, you see the um Spanish community or whatever community, you see Catholicism very real and relevant in guiding and directing. I'm a good Catholic girl. <laughs> okay. The Jewish community, same thing. And in our community, where the churches, where the religions have failed us, or we haven't. Because I'm a believer in a person's only going to do as much as you allow them to do. So those of us that profess this love of God, especially through these particular sciences and systems like Christianity and Islam, have not held our our Judaism, have not held its leaders accountable, not only to them as individuals, but to the community, to the surrounding community. If your job is to proselytize and teach that and to go out and spread that word, you know that good cheer had to go before you. But it's easier to begin to build coats, to inoculate yourself from the realities of the world and the realities that face you as a black man and a black woman here in America. It's easier to inoculate yourself against that, to get under your covers, your religious covers, and quiver, hide under the blood of Jesus, hide under the rahmah of Allah. Taking no social action. So there is always a place for righteous religion, for a black liberation theology understanding in the movement. Because I can't see where, especially when, I don't know if, if we really are paying attention to our youth. I don't know if we're really paying attention to our youth and when we look at our youth one of the things i can only uh you know uh, attribute a lot of the baby behavior to is no moral or ethical code none none because we've been so busy to tear down the myth of these so-called religions to expose the exploitation of the people who either gave or imposed these religions on us we've been so busy to tear down that we haven't built anything up. So while we're over here, while we're uh, distracted with our uh, pursuits of knowledge, higher understanding, to debunk the mystery miss, miss, mystery, type bullshit, while we're over here doing that, then we have left our society, those under our watch, the young ones, devoid of the only thing they know is that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. But what do they have to build? What system have you given them to build? At the very least, when I was coming up, they used to say, God watching you, boy. But you had to know who God was to even begin to uh, have a concept of that and to fear that. So there's even no concept of a... um, I don't even want to say higher power because the power doesn't have to be outside of you. But no concept of a um, responsibility and obligation to more than just you. There's no sense of that. It has become a me, me, me self-indulging type of understanding. That's what it, you know... That's the impression that we get. It's become very self indulgent And since we don't have that um, understanding, that sense of communal obligation and responsibility, there is no moral boundaries. And we find the sicknesses and perversities perpetrated against our people that we do in our community by our own people. By our own people, there used to be a time in the black community when you watched television and you saw a crime, you you automatically knew whether or not the perpetrator, the suspect, the criminal, whoever, the sicko, whoever performed that crime, you knew whether or not it was a black or a white crime. We had a certain universal understanding amongst us. Was that a spirituality? Was that from some spiritual understanding? I don't know, but I know it existed amongst us. And as we begin to erode the pillars that hold black community together, and one of those pillars whether we want to acknowledge them, was religious institutions. And once that begins to erode in the black community, those religious institutions begin to be become exposed and infiltrated and just distant from the people that are supposed to help we saw an influx of behavior that is unexplainable. So what are we as self-determinists and African people willing to do? I know that in New Jersey, we've started up deliberating liberating young minds to at least get them to call on to an inner common sense, so to speak. But to introduce them to their ancestors and to their African heritage, you know, not proselytizing, not pushing any particular religion, but getting them to recognize the divine inside of them. That there is room for a spirituality and a spiritual understanding that your movement is a spiritual movement. You're doing physical things. You're physically fighting to align yourself. You're eating a certain way. You're participating in uh, bettering your social condition so they can create a more peaceful And tranquil environment So that you may bloom So everything is geared towards The movement is a spiritual movement As well as a physical movement There's no separation There's no separation And I think that we've fallen into The trap of becoming philosophers Scholars Overnight scholars And have fallen into this um, Adding to the divide we need healers. That's what tonight's show is really all about. When we're talking about spiritualism and religion in the movement, that's what it's about. I didn't feel like hollering tonight. I didn't feel. I wanted to rap tonight because I wanted us to take a personal inventory. I wanted us to slow down from everything we were doing. A lot of times we can get so busy and so overwhelmed with the actual physical movement. The actual physical getting out here hands-on that we don't take the time to do a self-inventory and find out where we're at with our balance. And that's just as important, brothers and sisters. It's just as important. Because finding out where you're at in your balance, you begin to check your thoughts. And when you can check your thoughts, you begin to be able to find out if my thoughts, if I'm uh, making decisions based on the African, what's best for the African and me and African people as a whole, or being from my reactions, my trained neocolonialist mindset. And whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we've been conditioned to a certain degree. And when a lot of times when you're conditioned, every reactions are spontaneous. So are we reacting to our conditioning, our training? Are we taking the time? Are we focusing African-centered, black consciousness? to make this decision. And that's why I say religion or spirituality. To me, that's a very spiritual. Dealing with yourself is very spiritual. And when you begin to develop this habit and this practice, and it becomes habitual, it becomes that habit, and repetitive, it becomes a religion of sorts. Whatever base you're using to use that, if it's your God, Jehovah, Jehovah, Jesus, with Allah but that you're checking yourself you're in enough spiritual presence of mind and not spiritual presence of mind but african spiritual centered presence of mind to begin to see if you know everything I'm doing is lining up with who I am that's why shows like this every now and then are important because we're out there running on these energies And we're all over the place. We're trying to address every issue which I salute the brothers and sisters who become so enthused and possessed by the spirit of our advancement and our fight, but not taking that time to really, you know, center themselves can be dangerous, very dangerous. So Chairman, that's what thinking, we have, yeah, please go
3: ahead. I was thinking also, um, a lot of what what uh the problem is at at least for me is that I, I like I like I don't see any power. You know, um and 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 the more educa the more educated you become on yourself and your people, the more you want for yourself and your people. And then you know you start looking around at our institutions of worship, and you start recognizing that we were we uh, historically are powerful people. Where is the power? What, you know, what's where? Where is the power? And it's, it, it seems it seems we we losing at every turn. You know, so I think that is is a part of why young people really don't want to be bothered because they don't see the, they don't they don't see the, they don't see the purpose in it. You know, it's not keeping them from getting their ass whipped by the police. It's not keeping mm-hmm. them from being harassed by and 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 by by other people, uh, their their uh, their peers. It's, it, it's it's not really um uh it it, it, it it again. Let me just say that even for myself, you know, I'm like, where is the power? It's got to.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Again, we are some powerful people, so. Yeah. That Where's is a problem? lot of what the... Well,
2: you there, sister? Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, were you, were you...
3: Yeah, I was done. I'm sorry. we. I wish we could get more people to weigh in. Um, primarily because uh, I remember uh, the one thing that Malik said to me, Malik Zulu Shabazz. He said to me some years ago.
1: Uh,
3: I asked him about religion, and he said, "If you in this movement, you better have a god." Okay, mm. a lot of people blow past the fact that this is a spiritual movement, and they don't and and they don't understand that. As soon as they see something that says spirituality and religion, they don't want to hear. Yeah, not yeah. recognizing how much they're missing out on black power.
2: Black power. I think you, you're absolutely right. And it's something sometimes, you know, you, you can be trendsetters. You can be ahead of the curve. And it takes people a minute for it all to start coming home and crashing in. And that's always the risk of being when you're just in the movement. That's It's part of being a trendsetter. And a lot of people don't want to hear what you have to say at the time. They haven't made the connection. They haven't tied it. And I agree with what you're saying about power. We're powerful people socially and spiritually. And one of the reasons... That we, you know, we become devoid of this power is we begin to, you know, when we take on, not only do we take on their religion, or not only has their religion, even if it's been imposed on us, when we begin to willfully study religion, by us not having an identity, we take on that identity. We take on that culturally. Mm. And what it does, it begins to, it begins to empower them. You know. So we, what I'm saying. So we begin to, we begin to power, empower them. And when we begin to emulate them and empower them, um, and the way that I say that we do that, I'm sorry, I know I can't multitask. The way that we say we do that, say just for example, when you talk about the Islamic community, when you begin to take on Arab nationalism as a culture, you 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 buy from their halal markets, their meat markets you go get their books, you go to their clothing stores to buy their clothes, you know, you begin to culturally appropriate them and you're still spending money. Not only are you going crazy and trying to be something that you're not psychologically, you're now culturally, you're enriching them because you have just taken on their diet, their dress, and their social and cultural behavior norms. Same with Christianity, the Christian bookstores, the this and that. You know, a few people are making black dollars, TV Jakes, Creflo and stuff, but it's still the same perpetual and the same mindset. It's not about enriching the African community as a whole on communalism. That's the first social depowering or the um, um, immobilization or the stagnation or holding the black nation still with through the churches spiritually because the same way. We're not taught to, we don't read these scriptures with our our ashe in mind, with our power in mind, particular and specific to African people. I've said that. When the European reads the Bible, what does he read? And you got to understand it's about this law of attraction. It's about thinking positive, bringing positive things. I'm a firm believer in that karma, all of that good stuff. I believe, you know, and that's how he saw him when he reads his Bible, Trust in God. God is not a liar. If you want riches, go to God. What man ask his father for a fish and he give him a serpent? Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. And they believe this. And so those things manifest themselves. They worship a God of prosthetics. They worship a God that said they could have slaves. They worship a God of, you know, Fighting to defend their country In God we trust In God's name we go They serve that God And that God has delivered to them And so it's the way they perceive Now reading the same book You have served your God Out of that same book Because your master Has told you what God you worship You don't worship his God Or if you worship his God This is how you worship white Jesus Pain and suffering They talked about Jesus Bear your cross. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get in heaven. For the love of money, they only say for the love of money, that money is the root of all evil. So they teach you pain and suffering, they teach you poverty and lack. And that's what you receive. Your God is giving you what you've asked for, what you put out there for you. So it isn't so much. We depower ourselves because it's the way that we go into these so-called scriptures because, like I said, we're not looking at them from an African mindset. So these young young people that say, well, I don't see no power in that, they have to understand by by them not being focused on something. I don't care if it's just an African consciousness that I'm going to be aware of my actions, because I'm African. I don't even care if it's that, but by them not having any focus, there are no limits. Kids talking crazy to their parents, sexual perversions and devicies rapid, crime. Um, um. I mean, amongst us, not just crime, but crime perpetrated by your own people in your communities. Predators in community because there's no moral compass. There's no sense of obligation, no higher right. It's all about what I want, when I want it. So yeah, they see the power in them in themselves because they haven't been taught to see that taking that same energy and applying that energy to a higher purpose produces a better result. Because all of that is immediate. We're living in a microwave age. We got, I call these Negroes and niggats, and, and my sisters and brothers, I call them microwave babies. Three minutes, bing, they want it done, instantaneous. And there is, you know, a life out there for that. Somebody will provide the instantaneous life. But in, 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 um, Providing for that, in doing that, you know, you put it—it's at your own peril or your own risk. Let's go to the phone lines. I'm sorry, I got caught up. Four four seven seven six five. Your mic is open.
0: I had to come up mute. Good evening, Brother Younger. This is Sister Kimberly.
2: Good evening, Sister Kim.
0: Um, I was trying to touch bases on y'all. Was asking where's the power? Let me explain. Power is not to be given. Power is to be taken. Power is to be earned or however you want to word it. So we're waiting to figure out what power is. I think that the structure of our leadership needs to be checked. We got to figure out when are we going to take some power. These people didn't get power. They took power. So we have to understand that when we are playing this game, even if you're playing Monopoly, the power structure is in the mind on how you build your organization and how you make strategic moves in order to take over certain territories. It's like the art of war. So if we're waiting on power to be given, then we're manipulating ourselves. I also want to speak on religion. I usually don't like to get into this conversation, but I see it keeps coming up, so we got to. Religion is a bunch of bullshit. I'm not saying spirituality. I said religion. Each and every religion from Muslims to the Catholics, all this shit is a bunch of myths that has been created by man. Everybody in the world right now is idol worshiping. There is no such thing as a God or Allah or any of that because none of this shit was in existence when we were using symbols and numbers. So we have to pay attention. What were we doing when we were going according to the spirit? We were nurturing the earth. We were actually doing things according to what our third I was leading us to do, whether it was good or bad, but we had to deal with those decisions. Now we have so many people making things and being decisive for us. It's very impossible for us to follow any religious cult that has been created when we know that they all are reading, teaching, acknowledging the same thing. They're just only speaking it in their language, and it's all to manipulate and destroy the black population. This is, this, their religions don't have anything to do with us Whether you are Muslim, that's Arab Whether you're a Christian That's all about drinking blood and cultism And eating cannibalism And all of this shit, the flesh So we got to get out of it, this is not a spiritual movement This is a movement about freedom And it's about change Spirit has nothing to do with it Because if you're going to say spiritual What spirits are you worshipping? If we're worshipping the spirit of What we consider to be Our I Am, the Omega, the Alpha. We talk about all of these literatures and Bibles, but we don't look at the fact that even whatever we're worshiping has not even titled themselves. They have not given an image of themselves. So how can we worship any Jesus, whether it's black or white? Because we don't know what God is, whether it's a woman, a man. We don't even know if it's God because there's gods with an X. So with all of this being said, we got to get out of this religious bull crap. We got to quit following the damn civil rights leaders that led us to be passive. Even when Malcolm talked about the religion, like he said, that was his private move. He never even spoke about those type of things unless he was pointing out the truth and the factual things that are, li- I mean, the facts and the lies that manipulate the people. So if we're going to just try to make it seem like that we got to conjunct all this same stuff together, we will never have power because no one is taking the initiative to come up with something for our own people, whether it's just worshiping the tree, So at the end of the day, if we follow anything else that's got something to do with the creators of destruction of the black population and civilization, then I think we need to retract ourselves. We just got to think about that. You know, I just wanted to speak on that. You know, we're talking about power and all that. We have power, the power to get up off our ass and do something, the power to bring our money together, the power to just say, fuck it, we're not going to go to school today. We're not going to vote. We're not going to support any of this. The only way the government can continue to own their slaves is because now we are volunteer slaves. We volunteer for everything. We don't boycott. We don't argue we don't argue about anything other than the things that they're talking about. That's day damn politics. Whatever happened to slave anomalies. Whatever happened to the revolutionary politics. And if we're talking about us, none of that shit applies to us and we should be strategically pulling our people away from it. We talk about so much separation. But every single time we have these conversations or we have these meetings or these blog talks, every single person on here trying to be politically and religiously correct, that shit don't have nothing to do with the movement and the ancestors of our people. And I just wanted to speak on that and empower to all people that are oppressed, not just blacks. I just went downtown today and seen six, seven white people eating out of trash cans and people spitting on them talking to them any kind of way. We can't fight oppression with oppression. So I took the initiative to feed those people. So at the end of the day, I'm so getting far away from this white supremacist because I got a bunch of niggas, a bunch of niggas, a bunch of niggas in leadership from the 50s on up until current. Right now, that's a bunch of bullshitters, and they're not what we need to be following in order to make change. Farrakhan and none of them. So we can't pick out of the lesser, the lesser of the evils. Farrakhan, all of them, devils. And Faraday has taken out so many of our leaders from the Black Panther Party, from Elijah us to the Ku Klux Klan, all of the things from Khalid Mohammed. How can we still sit up here and claim ourselves as black Muslims when this Negro in 1981 sold 34 million copies of the goddamn Muhammad Speaks, but we don't get, we don't have any schools that's built for us, not for their nation. I'm talking about for us. They got all these damn bomb and top stores. Now, Farrakhan owns a Rolls Royce where he can send about 50 kids to college. What the fuck the nigga doing for us? So that's their religion and those are their myths. Sorry to be long-winded, but I just wanted to speak on that. Empower to the people.
2: To the people, I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. You're more than welcome. Some interesting points, you know, some real interesting points. Uh, and that's real. I mean, we we shit. We face that that the people that religion has become a a a uh, money maker. I think it's something that just had said earlier uh, about it being divisive. They justify that getting all the money and not helping other people by saying, "Hey, you don't believe like I believe." You know, that's a real, that's a real, real fact. And that's what, you know, and that's what we got to look out for. That's exactly what we got to look out for. I think that that's where the question comes in, you know, so what are, what, what are we, like you were saying, and um, this is all coming together with a certain understanding, even if that understanding, if, if the people were worshiping a tree, what is that universal understanding You know, do we even need a universal understanding? I think a lot of those things come into question and have the people question. But you're right. Outside, all in all, especially in this day and time, the religions have failed us. It has made us inactive. The very things that used to hold us down and um, see us through, you know, the very thing that when all else failed, you know, you find... These great Negro spirituals, these hymns, based on um, the suffering of African people. And I know that that's not much relief. Shit, I can't imagine what a song would be much relief. But for whatever reason, they became memorized and, and popularized down through history just based on the message, the meaning of them, and the pain that's contained in the lyrics of them. The hope. So it went from being the very thing that a, that a lot of our ancestors uh, used as like a therapeutic tool to a joke, to an exploit of the people, you know, to a real joke, to an exploit of the people and has failed us time and time again. So we could, I agree with that in certain, I mean, I shouldn't say I always agree with stuff, but I hear what you're saying. And that's very valid. Do we just need to just do away with them all, understanding what they came from, how they were given to us, why they were given to us? But for me, it just still ties into so much ancestral acknowledgement. You know, it ties into a very big part of who we are as an African people here in America on a bigger picture to me. Not so much what the doctrine itself teaches but what the moral lesson and the implications behind those messages meant for the black community, for us as a community. For, you know, when the churches did get involved. I remember free lunches at the churches. When the churches had the gyms opened up uh, to us, or the uh, Muslim brothers ran the football camp. When the community, when the institutes were active in the community, and what fueled them to that activism was their sense of uh, responsibility and obligation to a higher power, okay, Kim, your mic's open. I
0: just wanted to add one thing it was that way back it, it was that that way back in the day, but still we had leadership of manipulators religion was created like you said just to state stated, to be divisive in order to separate the field niggas from the house niggas. The house niggas is Christians, and the field niggas out there being whatever the hell we need it to be. If you understand just today, the Catholics and the Christians has united. They have came under one God and one nation, which they're trying to build us with this new world. order shit, we got to pay attention to what's going on here. The Pope and everybody out there singing in their little pink thongs and shit. While we sitting here running around talking about it, we're going to be worried about Jesus and all of these people. So we got to think, if they're combining themselves and they're taking back over certain parts of Europe, what do you think that they're going to do for people over here? This is about religion for them. That's not our fight. This is between the crackers and the arrows. Niggas just keep getting themselves involved. All of these churches have been bought and sold. These Niggas we looking at, they ain't number token-ass niggas that have signed themselves over to the devil through 501c3. They get free canned goods, free man, free coochie, and free motherfucking taxes. They don't give a damn about the black community. That's why they got a church, a mass jig, and all this shit on every block that we walk on in the ghetto. You go in Alpharetta or somewhere, you don't see any of that shit. You see the episcopal High of Fukuwuka Church, and we go out there and get truckloads of food. We come over here to ghetto, we got to get our credit score, right just to be a member of damn church. So at the end of the day, I still have to ask you, which side is everybody on? Our niggas have turned into black supremacy. This is what we have given. We have given the power to these tokenized Negroes that have only one structure for themselves. We got Bishop Eddie Long raping boys, but he got 17.9 acres of land out this place over here, and nobody can stay out there but his congregated boys that he wanted to sleep with. Nobody did anything about that. So at the end of the day, we have all been to these churches. We know how they're being manipulated, and the only reason the government would ever fund anything a Negro is involved in is when they have full control over the shit. So if USDA is behind the church food pantry, and if um, Barack Obama or Donald Trump is behind the damn pastor, where the hell do you think we fit? That's why they screen the Negroes and they don't want niggas in the church. We can't go to church with Timbo's and dirty no more and get a clean uniform. We got to go in that spot free clean with $500 suits on. This shit is a fashion show. This is not about, this is not about spirituality as far as what we are believing in in order to try to free ourselves. They are bringing us in and further manipulating us into the cult-like organizations that have bottled souls they folks. So that, you know, that's just something I wanted to add, was you have getting millions of dollars from the government. And in the 501c3 clause, it tells you, one, you can never leave your business to your family. And you can not only help, but about 35% of blacks, 25% of Mexicans, and all this funding that's open for white people. It's more white people on food stamps and welfare and all that stuff than we are. Why? Because the government still has systematically created something where they have the control over who gets all the damn funding and who gets together. So if we don't pay attention to that, then we still got a problem. These churches need to be destroyed. All mass jigs need to be destroyed because the leaders that they have picked are these token Negroes that they put in front of us. That is leading them to keep us defense in the face of the tax. They don't give a damn about us because we should have overcame a lot of shit by now with what Farrakhan and Martin Luther King and all these old religious fools that put us in position to have to deal with. They done died off or been bought off, and so we the only Negroes out here fighting with is still the real niggas. The house niggas is safe. That's why they are mayors and lawyers and judges. And half of them are the Ku Klux Klan. We got to understand that all of these people that are against us, they have become multicultural because they realize they can't get in, they can't have no snitches, they can't do shit to destroy the black nation unless they get one of us to turn on us. And this is exactly what they've done. We just fail to pay attention because we so busy worrying about white supremacy. But I got 100,000 niggas across the globe killing niggas, locking niggas up, sending niggas to life. Beat niggas' asses in prisons, and that's not the shit we focus on. Why is niggas against niggas? That's what we got to pay attention to, because niggas is tired of niggas oppressing us. But everybody that is supposed to be a real nigger only worried about white supremacy. Them crap is hiding in their caves. They hibernate like bears right now. We don't even be up at night. We're not police the police. We're not doing shit to change what's happening in our community. So we don't need to be talking about what the fucking Christians in the churches ain't doing when you got niggas on the block scared to bust their guns. And that just is, I've had rappers tell me if a nigger come in my community and talk to one of my white bitches, I'm going to blow their head off. That's how they talk. But we sit up here how holler king, queen, and for all day scared to come the fuck outside and deal with the police. So until we start strategically coming up with some security, I don't give a damn what revolution or what um, institution you go to, you're still not going to get out there because it's a cracker behind the middle from the NAACP. From Martin Luther King, to Jesse Jackson. It's always a prepper behind them niggers. Still niggers will never get a position because revolution won't be televised. That shit going to be in the street. And that's just all I wanted to add. Thank you.
2: Okay, I appreciate Proud. that. I agree. Proud. Go
3: ahead, Proud. Um, I I, You know, um, because currently where I live at, they're doing a, uh, you know, they're running for mayor. And I'm watching like I've known these people for 20 years, and I am watching how this, the with the sleeper cells for the power elite are now are, are running. And I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm looking at on my block just a whole block of, them, and I'm like, how do these signs get here? When when happening, some of these people don't even speak English and can't vote. Well, there's one guy that doesn't um, know anything about anything. But he, he goes to everybody's house. And what, the bottom line is he got the enemy signs all up and down the block. And the bottom line is these people have been living here as long as me. You don't know this person? You don't know what this person has done? And, and, and it's always um, that's how they keep the divisiveness going and how they keep their, their hands in our – because if spirituality had anything to do with us as a people, we would not have went for, they would not have went for that same sign being on everybody and not knowing that person. But their spirituality yeah. would have helped them, would have helped them, or yeah. they would have been able to listen, at least talk to somebody that's got a little bit of, um, they were all agreed on one thing, because spirituality ain't nothing but open-mindedness. That's all it is, open-mindedness and willingness. And these people are not open minded so they going to doing what somebody else tells them to do. <laughs> but as far as the churches are concerned, yes, I've seen a great falling away of of the churches. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Mr. Kimberly was talking about. You know, um um uh, mm-hmm. I I happen to have one of the one of the um one of the past the oldest civil rights pastors around. And believe me, yeah. I have watched this neutralized movement. And and I just you know, and when you are revolutionary and you watch things like that going on, and then when you try to talk to the people on the side, he keeps watching, watching me, to see who I'm talking to, so he can say no, 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 don't me down. You know, so I think that, um, um I think that African theology, um, we need to have that show. Uh, we are putting the show together. It needs to be done because we need to get on one mind. We really do need to be of one mind. That's all
2: I need to say. Black power. Black power. Absolutely. And and this is why the churches became infiltrated, like the sister was saying. This is why they started, you know, um, endorsing and tax breaks and 501c3 in churches, because they understood that that was one of the pillars of the black community. I don't give a damn how we personally feel about the church. Historically, it has proven that it, it has been one of the members of the black community, from the Underground Railroad with the Quakers to Nat Turner. It inspired and moved people because it wasn't so much the the church in the way they understand it as it was a conduit of energy and a focal point, a center point. Messages was passed in the in the hymns right. like I was talking about, we in the water, it became right. a guide towards freedom. It played a role. So they understood the necessity to attack this very real institution in the black community. Say what we want to say. I don't care how we personally feel about it. Elijah, the Nation of Islam, under the leadership of Elijah Muhammad, cleaned a lot of black men up and made a lot of black men and black women um, self-aware. And one of the things it did, it produced, it helped, you know, the honing and evolution and development of the likes of a Malcolm X who was phenomenal in the in the black liberation black nationalist movement so these religious structures did play a role what people understood the very people who had written us off on that begin to see how significant how powerful the black church was in the black that that cracker didn't care nothing about you and your and you when he thought you was worshiping white jesus he didn't care nothing about that. He let that Turner, as long as he thought he was preaching white Jesus, he let turn Turner travel the land. Preach white Jesus. You know, he didn't well, care anything about that. He didn't, huh?
3: Well, well, you can see now, they've come up with this black identity extremist, and they're talking about people that are talking just like we talking. talking. That, that's what they're yeah. talking about. Because they can't infiltrate us because we're not a, we, we're not a, a, a organized place of worship. <laughs> they can't do no well, exactly. like that. So, 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 so now they're gonna do this blanket, uh, um, uh, uh, national. What is it? Uh, nationality. Uh, ex- what is it? What, what is it, brother, chairman?
2: Black nationalist extremists. Black identity yes. extremists.
3: Black identity yeah. extremists.
2: So if you yeah.
3: identify with your blackness, then you, then just you need to be eradicated. That's where that. That's where mm-hmm. they're going now.
2: Yeah, off the rim Because they've infiltrated those institutions So now they're getting You know, they're trying to get to Like you said, they're getting the scragglers But I think that it's up to us As, you know, revolutionaries To drop that revolution I don't think that any people Should be exempt from a revolutionary seed You know, I don't care if they're in um, The masjids If they're in the churches where we find them that we should, we should drop that revolutionary seed and see how that revolutionary seed takes to that soil. And prayerfully, those people will begin to hold these religious institutions accountable for um, commitment to the community on the level that they're ready to commit to. One of the things that it states in our manual, it says that not everyone's going to be suited and booted so you have a black power movement. Not just the party, but you have a black power movement, and that's what the black power movement is about. It's about including those people who don't quite grasp your ideology of black nationalism or your stance on militancy. They don't quite embrace it the way we do, but there is a place for them to contribute and participate in the advancement and freedom of African people. We have to, the revolutionary has to begin to make this in, inviting. We don't want to fall into an elitism and begin to question people's um, degree of revolution. Now, we do, if you're calling yourself a revolutionary and you're a reformist, then we're going to, because categories have to be made. But that's, even then, I am welcome and encourage those people who think that they can make a change by participating in the politics, or those, I encourage them to do that if that's what you're going to contribute, if your intentions is for the betterment of the power of the people, and we are to get it together at a later date. I don't think that any one of us, any one particular organization, and more so any one particular religion has all the answers, but I think that we're at a point, point where we must begin to be, um, I ain't even saying accepting, but looking at what can be tolerated from the masses of African people so that the movement and the struggle can become inclusive. Our struggle has to become inclusive. It is about the empowering and the advancing of African people, not a select group of African people. We become in danger of doing what happened in those those revolutions that preceded our revolution here. When you study those revolutions, you see about the purge. Look at Stalin. Look at these white boys. Once they got this, this so-called revolution, they begin to knock people off who had counter views or who they just suspected or didn't trust. And as revolutionaries, we have to be, our primary thing has to be fighting for freedom, not the freedom that we impose on people, not what we believe. Or take to be a freedom. We have to be that's one of the things that we have to be mindful of and very aware. I see the sister jump back in and open your mic. Sister, your mic's open. I, I had to come up I had to come up new. Okay. I apologize. Let me say this.
0: I don't want you to feel like i be going in too hard on the religious leaders, but I have to. We got to stop okay. lying and covering up shit for these people. Let me tell you something. Anybody, any nigger, because that's what they are, a nigger, any sambo-ass motherfucker that's in position, Brother young and we know this, in the governmental position, is being controlled and they have taken over and they are leaving our people astray. Even when I'm speaking about... Elijah Muhammad, when he sold us out to the Ku Klux Klan. Okay, that was the first issue. Nelson Mandela sold out his own wife just for his damn freedom. We got to think about when Malcolm got killed. We got to think about when Colin got killed. How long are we going to sugarcoat shit with these Negroes? Martin Luther King, I can't stand him. His name was Michael. We got to tell the people the truth, the lies and deceitful things that they did during the Civil Rights Movement. All of our real leaders are dead and all these funny ass Negroes got holidays. I don't sit right with worshiping somebody like Farrakhan who is so manipulative that he can travel not only the million man march, but the million, million woman march, what the fuck happened to the million oppressed people march? Whatever happened to their children? And why is it that in the nation of Islam, not one woman, when you say he's enlightened a lot of women, he's only made them slaves, if you ask me, because I don't see one woman over there with any type of position or any power. So at the end of the day, until sure we are all equal, And so we are all learning that as far as humanity is concerned, and none of these fools that's leading us right now deserve to be acknowledged, and they don't deserve to be in position. You playing chess So if you're going to let your pawns run the board Then I think you're going to have a problem And all of these Negroes ain't nothing but pawns for the government And that's all I'm trying to say Until you tell the people the truth And stop following these Negroes And idolizing this shit Because the things that they're doing in front of us Is all the manipulating tactics if Farrakhan has thought for the people out of them, billions and all, they're spending on these marches, they should have done bought up some damn villages by now and helped the people that's in the streets. I ain't talking about his little bow-top boys he done straightened up, because I hear what you're telling me about where he straightened, or has he used certain tactics and manipulated people in order to stay? I see Malcolm McConnell was a couple of them that bucked against his sister. Some of them just mm-hmm. a little weak. Most of the people that Farrakhan has recruited, are, they have either you know, some mind issues, they've been in prison and need somewhere to stay, and I'm not saying that something's wrong with that, if and only if he was teaching them correctly, and I say the same thing about Martin. I don't go no different on no Christians than I do fucking Muslims. They all are manipulators. We need to right. let all that shit go and go back to who we are, the originators of the land. The Moors, all that shit, the Israelites, they're a bunch of bullshitters because they were tarps and they teach lies. They wrote the Constitution and so much we got to teach so, how do you expect the people to know how to get out of the cycle if we're continuously reforming them in the cycle? Martin Luther King took on a damn reformist name, a proper mm-hmm. reformist name. But we followed him and we think this nigga done died and we got to overcame some shit. This is just the beginning. And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. And I really okay. want to thank y'all all for letting me speak. Thank you both.
4: Oh, God.
2: Yeah, I you know, I think that, you know, one of the things that I have to say to that is it's not about looking at the leader. I'm not a follower of Farrakhan, you know, so I'm sure that, you know, if you examine Farrakhan, you probably will see some things. I'm not a follower of Dr. King, but one of the things that I acknowledge is about the advancements that those so-called religions made towards black people who adhere to those religions. I think that we forget Sometimes we make, like, Farrakhan the leader of black people. Farrakhan's a black Muslim leader. You know, if you take some pieces from Farrakhan or take some good things from the black Muslim religion, like, I have a message to the black man. I've never been a black Muslim. I've never been a follower of Elijah Muhammad, never been a follower of Farrakhan, but I do recognize the contributions to the advancement of black people that Elijah Muhammad has made. Due to, like, some of the things you said in my studying life, I was just something I can't get with. I was like, oh, man, on a personal note, I couldn't take him as my religious leader because X, Y, and Z. But the nation of Islam as an institution in the black liberation struggle, I can't deny
0: the advancement
2: of the nation. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in cleaning people up, in doing the things that, you know, the nation has done, I can't deny that that contribution. So that's what I was saying even about the church, from the Nat Turners to uh, the alliances made with them white people, them Quakers, in running the Underground Railroad. I can't deny the contributions to our historical struggle for liberation that these so-called religious institutes made. Now, individuals, if we judge individuals on an individual basis, to me, I'm going to be honest And no offense made, I think that we have That messiah complex We're looking for somebody to come down Floating on the crowd, uh, floating on the crowd Boo-boo and marshmallows And they're only human beings You know, these people are These people are human beings Subject to uh, frailties And flaws of any human being So we have to be careful In the idolization and the worship Of individuals You know, and that's what, you know, I was talking to uh, someone today about that, and I said that, you know, I'm not into the uh, charismatic leadership model of organizing. I think that organizing or organization has to be able to run even if one of its members, regardless of how charismatic, is removed from the equation. The organization is such a structure that it's still functioning uh, in a manner that it, it understands it has an objective and a mission to carry out. I think a lot of these so-called religions, like you said, fall because they have forgot the objective and the mission. Their so-called religion, a charismatic and like any charismatic figure, that charismatic figure is human. Let's go to um, our phone lines. Your mic is open. Peace, brother. Hey.
4: Peace, brother. I, I- I would I would definitely agree with much of what you what you're saying, uh, because you, you you know, you ha we have to kind of put ourselves in a position the best position I should say, to uh advance ourselves and advance revolutionary struggle with the widest net that we can cast. Um not to say that everybody obviously is not gonna be a part of any type of revolution that does transpire, hopefully soon. But whatever that is, um, but we have to cast the widest net possible. In other words, as you were saying, all African people, you know, need to have that challenge to be a become a part of the revolution, um, and and not be forced into any one particular area of religion or faith or faith system based upon some tyrants or somebody who wants to lord over others um, position and I think that's very strategic that you that you would say that and not in those words but let me just touch real quick on something that might help elevate the discussion um, we came back when we were at the pinnacle of our success in Africa before the European man touched touched us or influenced us or got next to us at our very pinnacle something um, had to transpire where we failed, that we made a misstep. I think what it was, in my humble opinion, was that we began to socialize, talk to, or allow relations with Europa man. I think that's where we went wrong, right? And I'm saying that to build into the conversation of religion because after that point, when Africa, when Great Commit was taken down or brought down uh, due to primarily due to uh, interactions with Europa man and allowing him to understand our systems and understand the knowledge and secrets that we had, um, that is what primarily, not the only thing, but primarily brought us down. And so in, in effect what he did over the years since then was to take what he learned from us. And regurgitated. Now, I'm not talking about taking and creating a Bible because there's, there's too much discussion that we, we had around to, that subject
0: to minimize
4: it that he gave us a Bible because we, there's, you know, there's scholarly understanding that we need to have with that. But he took what he learned from us, and I think you even touched base on this earlier, and been using it to confuse us. While, while he practices worshiping a God that is successful for him, so that all over Europe people are, um, uh, willing to be a part of his capitalist empire and his capitalist imperialist uh, system that that continues to to this very day, which we call some of us the system of racism and white supremacy. So to the to the point of religion, it, it, it's it's not the religion itself. And I because I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I just don't like religion myself personally. But I know Africans who are in religion who are just as you know, game and just as revolutionized as others. There's not many of them that I know, but there are some, and you, and you use Nat Turner as one example. So we, so I think that to elevate the discussion, we've got to stick with something that we can all agree upon because it cannot be a dominant anti-religion uh, fervor, it, you know, that pushes, you know, many of our people away away from revolutionary struggle without dealing with the fact that you can have, as Malcolm X said, your religion, but in terms of when we come together and to deal with the struggle, be your religion at home. Let it be subjected to you. And I think that's why we have so many uh, social media bangers, uh, you know, arguments, folk want to prove and disprove and, you know, be uh, theoreticians as you mentioned also. All that stuff comes from ego, and the fact that we're not following or trying to go in the same direction. You know, when you have people divided in that way, where some people want to go into a revolution, we want complete, total freedom. People on social media and in our communities that don't see that yet or don't understand it or or just don't want freedom. They like this capitalist, wicked system because it gives them personal satisfaction to some degree. And I don't know what that's about, but... Yeah, but I just wanted to put that in there because you, you, you are bringing it back to where I think we need to go each time we, 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 we reiterate your point, um, that we need to cast a wide net and, and, and inclu- be inclusive of all Africans, knowing that all Africans ain't going. So, but just think about yep. that contact with the European U- U- at first that got us off track, and then I think it helps us to focus on where we need to go just to get away from him and
2: be free. Absolutely, brother, and I appreciate that. I, I I agree with that. That first contact, I agree, was the first you know, and us trying to be a civilizer and meeting people. And and the sad part of that is we're feeling the effects today. It's like what you're talking about when we talk about um, the religion and looking at the religions from a neo-colonialist perspective. We understand religion the way that our oppressor has told us to understand religion. But there's a common ground, even in their religion, if their religion, like I said earlier, if you don't never work with a Muslim or a Muslim doesn't work with a Christian in the beginning, I challenge them to begin to socialize their religion in their immediate surrounding environment. Work in your immediate community. Begin to make your religion a social institution again in your community. You know, and that's one of the biggest problems. They one of the the there's been two places that have been a consistent for black people, especially the black man. And one of them had been the church at one point in time, now it's the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? The church was that um place in the community I can remember when politicians used to want to address the black community, they would go to the church. Every the church was the meeting hall, it was a community place. And when I say church, I'm not talking about, you know, the philosophical Christianity. I'm talking about the social phenomena called a church. And this is what, like, Sister Kim was saying, that in these certain other neighborhoods, they churches know. She said to go out there and get something, you have to, you know, go way out there, and they just give, give, give. And you go, in our neighborhood with our little black churches, they want you to fill out a W-2 to get something. So it's the way that it's the way that we begin to perceive our religion and read these and have these understandings. But everybody, like the brother was saying like I was saying that here's the common ground unity and a better society. That's what I'm calling those black conscious Christians. I'm not telling them that you can't be revolutionary because they can evolve and be outstanding revolutionaries that are not bogged down by any of that, but in the very beginning to develop that social consciousness, that revolutionary tingling inside of them to want better in their communities. And if in the beginning that's tied to their some type of um, theological or spiritual understanding, I'm saying that that's okay. I'm saying start with the beginning of black liberation theology, an understanding that wants to see a transformative change in your community. For humanity, every religion professes to be that for the betterment of humanity. If those so-called religions or professors or people who profess to uh, ascribe or subscribe to those religions, then we would see that manifested, and we're challenging black clergy to begin to manifest these fruits that they so frequently, reverently, frequently, whatever, preach about on Sundays, but we have to, I, you know, one of my always, like I said, my fears is the fear of condemnation, judgment, and ridicule. Sometimes I write bullying African people who hold to um, other value systems and other religions, and that our way that the revolution in itself, our freedom in itself, must become a sacred philosophy and a sacred docu- doc- document. And you can find those concepts in your religion. You can find them in your religion. Most religious leaders have done it. Those that have been black conscious, they relate. They go to the story of Moses. Let my people go for the Christian faith. I know a lot of Muslims in the Quran, they like to quote the ayat, oppression is worse than death. So these ways speak to... um, freedom of person, freedom of mind, freedom of the right to practice religion. So in develop developing a strong African, strong, healthy African identity that is effective here and empowering here in America, it must be tolerant of the various faiths. Now, what we challenge those conscious Muslims and conscious Christians and conscious Hebrews to do that believe, because you do have some of them that have good intentions that believe in the empowerment of African people is to hold these pastors and these churches accountable to question them. I know some revolutionary ministers that teach a understanding and an interpretation of black liberation theology. For those Christians who believe that, seek them out. Begin to build groups among yourself, these religious people that hold the religions, begin to begin to build that's why I want to really start this Black Liberation Theology society after you know we're gonna launch the program to explore that demograph of the African community. And to infuse a revolutionary understanding. See, we have to understand that revolution is not the meat The revolution is not the meat The revolution is the sprinkling The seasons It's the spices See, everybody in their mind Wants the revolution for different reasons Freedom to African people We're not a monolithic people Freedom to African people might be You can ask 20 people and may come up with 21 different meanings And understandings of what freedom is to them So revolution is not the meat, but revolution is the seasoning on that freedom that they desire, as long as that freedom is in harmony and peace and advancement of all African people. So revolution for that is just the seasoning. So we have to be careful that we don't make that the main course and begin to dictate a revolution to the people. Or begin to dictate, if not a revolution, begin to dictate what freedom is to the people. And what they can and can't believe. Like I said, I don't I agree with Sister Kim. The truth has to be told about these so called black leaders from a historical context for the integrity of our history as a people. I think truth has to be told. But I don't I've never condemned a religion based on an individual. Because I understand the human nature. I've never been one to idolize or worship a man to that degree that, you know, it he shakes my faith in religion or anything that I believe in because in everything I believed in, I've ran across a man of individuals who have shaken my faith in it. I've ran across individuals who have shaken my faith in black people, but I can't give up on black people. I mean, I have run across us who have done that. But I can't give up on black people. So it's not so much the individual. We find these things that motivate people, then um, we should encourage them to find the best out of that, the best motivating factor out of that, and to use that, there again, to be redundant, and like I always say, for the empowerment and advancement of black people. That's the whole spiel. At the end of the day, it's about African communalism. It is about African communalism and sharing with people why it is so important. It is imperative that we fight for our continuance, that we fight for our continuance, that we understand that the African mindset, that you would never be able to kill the African individual, but the African identity, the very desire and thought for a free, independent African people must be destroyed. Hence, like the sisters talking about labeling, targeting so-called black identity extremists, infiltrating our religious institutions, so that they would, like Sister Kim was saying, teach a docile, passive understanding, a understanding of pain and suffering, of scarcity and lack. Listen, I want to thank everyone who's tuned in for the show. One of our more somber and milder shows. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you, brother, um, for your contributions, Sister Kim, Minister Justice, as always. It's your brother, um, National Chairman Yang. I shouldn't be traveling next Tuesday. We'll keep you posted. I'm, you know, praying to be more consistent with the thing. Um, so keep posted. Listen, even if you got your ideas, hit me on the inbox. You know, let me know some of your ideas, and we can discuss them and kick them back and forth. Remember, this is your station, the people's station. And with that, I leave you like I greet you, brothers and sisters, all powers to oppress people. I agree with that, since again. definitely all powers to oppress people, wherever you find oppressed people, all powers to, all powers to African people, you know, and black power to black people.
1: Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things is sunday, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip, will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who so I'm going to this hood politics acknowledging, Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one need eye duck could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cop shot again. Bust stop glass burst. A fiend drops a heinican. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rat to the depth of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Look rats, don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, street sweepers and coppers. Sick of kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die. What nine is out, this is what knives is out, nigga. The time is yeah, a All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, All I need. All I need is one mic. One mic. One mic. All I need, niggas. All I need is one mic, one mic. All I need is one blunt, one page, one pen, one prayer Tell God forgive me for one sin Matter of fact, maybe more than one Look back at all the hatred against me Fuck all of them Jesus died at age 33 That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece, that's 32 Which means one of my guns was holding 17 27 hit your crew, 6 winners to you Everybody gotta die sometime Hope your funeral never get shot up Bullets tear through the innocent Nothing is spare, niggas roll up Shooting from wheelchairs My heart is ready a revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now. I'm strapped with a couple of max. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Load up the semis Do more than just hold it. Explode the clip until you empty. There's nothing in our way. They boss, we boss. They rush, we rush. Let's fly and feel it. I feel it in my gut that we take these bitches to the war. Lie them down because we're stronger now. My nigga, this time is now. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. So let's be needed stay, no. All I need is one mic, is one mic, one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man. What I stand for is speak for a judge. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secrets is. Niggas will move on you only if they know what your weakness is. I have none. Too late to grab guns, I'm blasting. Cause I'm a fool, nigga. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Fool you, niggas. What you call an infinite brawl, eternal souls clashing. World gets deep. Some beef is everlasting. Complete with dick claws. Brothers life in each other.